Welcome to the All Outdoors Photography Podcast. This podcast is about all things outdoor photography, including landscapes, wildlife, macro, and more. The show features two talented photographers, Henry Doyle and Ryan Taylor, who bring their different experiences in photography to the podcast. The show is released weekly every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, so I hope you sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. In today's episode, Henry and Ryan discuss some recent photography and nature-related news. They share their thoughts on drone strikes on skyscrapers, Instagram not being a photo sharing app, what are NFTs, and the mysterious Midwest avian flu disease that's been affecting birds. Be sure to check out our Patreon and support us as any way you can. And as always, we hope you sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to episode 45 of the All Outdoors Photography Podcast. Um, and today, we've got some uh, much-needed news. <laughs> Much needed indeed. Uh, so uh, this episode, most of it, we're just going to be talking about recent photography news and just uh, topics that, you know, we feel like are worth discussing. Yeah, uh, there's kind of a lot going on in the photo nature community right now. Um, so, yeah, we'll just be going through some different things. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> First, do you want to talk about any uh, updates or anything in your life right now? Or photography? Uh, well, podcast-wise first, I did just want to mention that we do have a Patreon. Um, uh, yes. So if anybody wants to go down the link below, um, we've got different levels, uh, different tier options that you can do. Um, and it, it's uh, a pretty immersive thing. You know, we've got like portfolio reviews, uh, personalized messages, uh, anything like that. So if, you, if you're a really huge fan of the podcast and you've got some extra money, uh, we'd, we'd be glad to uh, have your support on that. And that'll that's linked down below. So For sure. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really fun experience to build a community, hopefully, over the long term. And so uh, we hope you can join us. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we, we, made it, we have not had as much success as we'd like with that, but um, we're sure at some point we'll build up that community like ryan said so oh yeah yeah I, i'm not worried about it um, it's just something you like i said long term and it's always going to be there so people can join it as they may please and so like we said before with our patreon episode we did a couple weeks back i think or a couple months it's we're going to keep doing this you know just normally as we would because you know do it for love of course yeah yeah that's just a supplement really so um, we'll take as many people as we can, but you know, we'll just keep doing what we're doing. So yeah, listening is enough for us. I know mm -hmm. we appreciate it. Yep. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Right. Is there any other things in your life or updates? Yeah. So, uh, I've been continuing with the vlogs. Um, I'm not going to have one this week. Um, but I, I think I'll probably do another video, um, kind of a more studio based video, um, going over a couple of photos because I, I did get a new lens. Um, it's, it's my biggest, uh, photography purchase by far. Uh, I sold a lot of, I actually sold three lenses to get to this one lens. Um, it's a 100 to 500 and I've been loving it so far. Um, I mean, number one, the quality, I, I mean, it's like, I can zoom into a hundred percent and still crop it to that. And it's like still sharp. I'm kind of amazed by that. Honestly, uh, it's lets in a lot more light. F11 <laughs> was just not enough for me. Um, it just wasn't, that's very dark. Um, uh, and it's, uh, it's pretty much waterproof. Like I first morning I took it out, it got covered in like 
water and dew and grass you know, from the grass and it was completely fine. Um, I'm just loving it. So I'll probably do a video on that. Just kind of showing some of the first images I took and maybe some video clips I took with that. Um, so yeah, it's, that's pretty much it. I'm, I'm very excited about it. Um, I'm also, uh, testing a couple products right now. Um, just temporarily, like I'm, I'm testing a macro lens right now. Um, I'm going to do some content on that. Uh, so keep your eyes out for that as well. Awesome. Awesome. That's all on YouTube. You said, uh, yes, that, that'll all be on YouTube and, uh, on Instagram too, for my new 100 to 500, I've been posting a couple images with that. So. Awesome, man. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. My video uploading lately has been kind of, um, haphazard. It's been kind of somewhat stagnant, but, um, I have a couple of videos, uh, queued up. And so, nice. uh, those will be released, you know, shortly here, uh, just another on location one. And, um, just some random stuff. One is one I'm announcing my photo book. I know I've done it like a hundred times now, but like this would just be a different one of me flipping through and stuff and uh, sharing more just uh, details about it. If you haven't heard the podcast episode, we did already about it um, and uh, stuff like that. So yeah, should be interesting, but um, yeah. Yeah. And I feel like this is kind of the season photography wise too. I don't know about you. It's kind of like a little bit of a downtime for photography because it's not quite fall yet, and it's kind of getting towards the end of summer. It's really humid in both of our areas, and uh, it can be hard to get out there. Yeah, that's. I think that's why lately, um, I think I mentioned in the last episode, is about doing some camping trips, and um, those have been more about like the experience itself. But I am bringing the camera. Um, but um, I guess a little bit of good news is that you know the last one I had, uh, the second one of the three. Uh, was a couple days ago. It was a gorgeous, gorgeous, foggy morning. Like I woke up, you know, right at. I think right before sunrise, about almost an hour before sunrise, and it was like this gorgeous, foggy conditions, which I know you've been in a lot of, Henry. Seems <laughs> like I used to keep prodding you for, you know, just all in good fun. Um, yeah. But like, my, I never get fog hardly ever, I would say, at least, you know, timed up with my schedule. So mm -hmm. this is perfect. I was already way out in the woods, like a semi remote location. Um, no one's around. I just got tons of acres of meadow and woodland and uh, just gorgeous, gorgeous fog and uh, golden hour. Not, yeah, morning hour light, you know, and all that stuff. So it was, it was perfect. So, um, you know, you make it most of the conditions, but I feel like this late summer, um, just, uh, like the atmosphere and the weather is like really apt for, you know, foggy and dewy conditions like that, that you wouldn't get otherwise, you know, that late summer mm -hmm. and like August is perfect for it. Oh yeah. And like when the, the light hits, um, like a field with all the like humidity coming up, it's really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I'm a firm believer that uh, some of the best sunrise and sunsets are in August. Um, oh, yeah. I'm not sure why, but I just feel like the warmth is um, warmth and colors, so to speak, is like very, very just vibrant. Um, and I'm, not, I'm not discrediting the other times of year, of course, but I just find those to be particularly special during this time of the month. Um, and yeah, like with the dew and stuff, you get you know the dewy spire webs, fog, um, as I kept mentioning. Um, just, just I don't know, the conditions are very special, but just that atmosphere. Uh, combined with the more chilly and colder mornings, not quite frost um, per se, but it's just like very, very chill and stuff. But it warms up quickly. Well, that's, that. that's where we differ. In, in Kentucky, uh, when I went out Saturday morning, it was uh, 85 degrees. So that's oh, really? I, yeah, I, it's crazy. No, no, no. no. Okay. I, I, I'm being hyperbolic. It's not like cold as in like wear your jacket, but it's like 
not as humid, I guess. But yeah, I mean, it can still have the high heat index, of course, but it's like just enough where that those conditions can arise and stuff for yeah. like dewy. Yeah. So it's just, it's nice conditions. I do agree though. It's like waterfalls more, more or less dry up. Um, there's plenty of uh, late summer wildflowers like asters and stuff that come out, goldenrod, uh, certain kinds of plants like that. Um, but it's, overall, the color starts to die out pretty quickly, and I've been noticing that. Uh, there's an orange, it's a pretty vibrant wildflower called butterfly weed, and I've been noticing a lot of those wilting away um, at places I've been to lately. So just things are kind of going away, and the greenery is still there, and it's all samey because it's been all summer. But yeah, you make the, the most of the conditions you're getting with. Yeah, there seems a lot to be a lot of uh, like hummingbirds too. I don't know if you've noticed that, but oh yeah, uh, it seems like August is like a really key time for them. I think this year in particular, um, I've had I think this is the second year I've had the uh, uh, bird hummingbird feeder back it feeders out in my backyard, um, and I've been noticing like I'll just stand out there for a minute or two, and you'll get like three or four of them, and they like oh, yeah. chase each other. Because it's funny that little little bird is highly territorial. So I mean, mm. like those things will chase each other away, and then another one comes in, swoops right in, um, and hovers near the feeder and all that stuff. So it's kind of entertaining, but to say the least, just viewing this. Um, but yeah, I've been finding there's been a lot of them lately, in particular um, this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you want to go ahead and get into the first topic here? Yeah. Sure. Why not? Uh, so yeah, um, this, this is just a little article I dug up, um, when I was researching topics and stuff for this episode. Um, I just thought it was interesting, um, uh, just cause we're actually nearing the, uh, so anyways, the headline, I guess I'll say is it's about a drone flying into the skyscraper in New York city. And it's none other than the world trade center, <laughs> which is really kind of crazy to think about. And this just happened early August, uh, 2021, of course. And I just think it's interesting cause it's almost the 20th anniversary of 9 too. Yeah, so it's scary. Kind of, so kind of weird parallels, and yeah, just the, that with that time. I mean, I was like five, twenty years ago. So I mean, it's just crazy to think about that. And you were what, Henry? Were you? You were negative. like one, right? No, no I was negative. Like negative three or something. No way. <laughs> I keep thinking you're older than you are. I don't know why. <laughs> no, I, I'm not. I'm. I'll be eighteen in like three months. So. Oh wow! Yeah. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. When you're five, you you don't you didn't remember that pretty much. I don't. I really uh, don't remember any of that I bet that you stuff. remember the, the fear, though, probably, like, the emotions. Yeah, the post, yeah. like, uh -huh. well, I mean, the war, the wars and stuff, which uh -huh. that's a whole other non-photography topic. just ended. <laughs> that's yeah, that's, topic, that's, yeah, that's a whole other yeah, <laughs> topic for another podcast that exists somewhere else. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, I was too young to remember that. But, um, mm -hmm. anyways, uh, flash warning to now. Um, so this just happened couple weeks ago actually um at the time this episode so uh, i'm just gonna paraphrase some of it here so there is a it's a dji air uh 2s drone it flew into uh, one of the world trade center buildings around it says on monday evening at around five so uh, it got wedged between a window panels located outside the third floor of a 52-story building located at the seven world trade center so that's like the smaller ones i guess not the big two actually actually it's now it's one spire excuse me um the pilot, uh, this guy is a 22-year-old from Dallas, Texas, was arrested by Port Authority police and taken into custody. So I don't think, I don't think, let me skim this a little bit more. I don't think it's actually like deliberate. I feel like it was an accident. 
Yeah, he, he, says, to, like, he says he was making, making a video for social media, so he was an influencer. Now that goes down to everything that, you know, social media is bad, guys. Mm-hmm. You know, that stuff. And it, yeah, it, kinda, make, it puts a bad name on drones, too. For sure. Yeah, well, I mean, there's already such a bad enough name and mm-hmm. all, these, all these regulations and stuff. So it actually says in particular it's for Instagram. He was capturing footage for his followers. He said, I was making, uh, quote, I was making a personal travel video to show my followers on social media, end quote. Yeah, so. I, I wouldn't think that you would even be allowed um, to, you know, fly a drone in New York at all. So I'm surprised he even got as far as being able to crash into a building. Is that, yeah, I, I, yeah, I was thinking that too, honestly, just how busy the air traffic is there. And like, uh-huh. yeah, all the skyscrapers and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm just like and, amazed and, that, that, I don't know. That area, since there was a terrorist attack there, that's incredibly monitored. I'm sure all the air around it is there's some kind of system, I'm sure, in place. So they're probably able to catch them pretty quick. And like that, that's uh, the several traits are building. It's not, like I said, not quite as tall. It's a big difference actually in height uh, compared to the tallest uh, uh, traits in a complex building. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, I mean, it's, it's a skyscraper and it's like, he's probably flying it. I don't know how tall it is. It doesn't say in the article, but I'd imagine it's pretty tall. So he's flying it way up there and trying to get all this footage. And I'm just like, it's just ridiculous that that actually happened. And, um, I don't know about this kid, but like what I find even more baffling, which maybe this is the fault of like the school system for not educating this kid. But like he said, he wasn't even aware it was a part of, you know, like the World Trade Center too. Just, I don't know. Yeah. It's just kind of silly to me, but um, and it says he it, it says he did have drugs on him and tried to go up in the building with a false identity to get it. So a little bit <laughs> criminal there. Um, it seems like. Uh, Man, so that he, just adds more to the story too. Like, yeah. oh, it wasn't just some like harmless act. Like, oh, I flew it into. Her. Sorry, guys. It was like he actually just. More, oh, I, I'm know. sorry. I I misread that. That was a different occasion in Philadelphia. Oh, jeez, man. Oops. I'm trying to frame this guy now. Yeah, so it looks like uh, Ismail, Adam Ismail, is pretty – he was just kind of had good intentions, it seems like. Um, but there has been other cases where it's a little more malicious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the, the next – or earlier this uh, year, there's a 27-year-old Philadelphia resident um, who was arrested after flying his drone on the roof of three World Trade Centers. So and he attempted to retrieve it, gave authorities a false identity – and had drugs and other paraphernalia on it. So, so weird stuff. I don't know why this year in particular, but you know, like it's, it's a drone thing, which you know, it's a it's a hot topic, I guess. Yep. Uh, yeah, I'm kind so. of in the middle on it. I, I as long as you follow the rules, I think flying a drone's okay. Uh, but you know, just follow those rules, obviously. Yeah, I just plus the intent of it too, with just the for my followers on social media. I mean, like, I don't know why else you'd honestly fly a drone other than to make, like, a video out of it mm-hmm. or just see something you wouldn't see otherwise. But, like, still, I just don't get it. Yeah. And, yeah. And With spe- all the air activity in New York, too, there's always helicopters and bird, like, pigeons everywhere. I mean, it's it's not a good city to fly a drone. Actually, no city is really should have drones in it, I think. Yeah, or maybe that. Yeah, the city owns it. Owns a drone. I'm saying, maybe something like that. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about my local one here. 
Um, but that's a, that's a good question. But um, I don't want to speculate, but I mean, I'm looking at the comments and um, one person said it's a DJI drone. If it's prohibited to fly in the zone, it would not lift off. And they said DJI is very aggressive at their zone geofencing. So that's a whole other kind of can of worms to open up there. So maybe it's like, yeah, maybe is it actually bypass the geofencing? Maybe. I mean, I'm not, I'm not well versed in drones. I just bought one recently, but I've barely used it. But like, I would imagine someone could easily hack into it, either the hardware or the software, and make it able to fly on its own without basically bypassing that geofence. Mm -hmm. And this one That's guy has totally a good point. Guess. This one guy has a good point in the comments. He said he he lived through nine eleven in New York, and the, the last thing he wants to see is drones flying around. And I, I can totally understand that. I mean, that must be very scary. Um, just kind of bringing back those memories. Yeah. Yeah, from a distance, you see a small little flying thing. I don't, I don't know. I can't speak on their behalf, but I can imagine that's kind of like cool. Yep. So, I don't know. People just, you know, be careful. Don't do stupid things for social media, which, I mean, I hope no one does, but here we are. It's yep. happening. Or it has happened, yeah. So, um, you got anything else to add to that? I don't think so. No. It's just, uh, cool. don't be dumb. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's a slightly tragic. Could have been a lot worse for sure, but like it could have easily been prevented. So, um, mm -hmm. so this is actually a nice segue into the next topic. I know you want to do it last, but I just feel like it's a nice segue. Oh yeah, it <laughs> totally is. It's, it's like the perfect. Okay, anyways, um, I, I always get fired up thinking about this ever since uh, it was, I guess, announced, and that is um, Instagram's. Uh, was it the executive? What's his face? Sorry, I don't even know his name. I, don't I did know. my research. Oh, uh, Mark Zuckerberg? It... No, no, it was, that's Facebook. Um, no. They, uh, oh. Uh, yeah, Ad, is it Adam? Something. It's like Adam something. Anyways, most people probably know about it by now, but he basically outright Kevin. said in like, what was Sorry. it? Kevin Sistrin. It doesn't Kevin. sound familiar. He's, he's <laughs> CEO. Oh, Adam Masseri. Adam Masseri. It was that. Okay, okay, Masseri. Cool. Um, basically, he went on the record saying, um, was this early July? He said, like, mm -hmm. Instagram is no longer a photo sharing app. Yep. And, or what do he say? It's like no longer a square photo sharing app and all this other nonsense, you know? And, like, like where do I start with this? We, we yeah. talked about, Henry and I talked about this on, so when we did our one year of the podcast, like, live stream, we, we hopped on over for a little bit to, our podcast Instagram for the live feature. I'm not, I don't, this is like shortly after it was announced, this whole thing. And we talked to a good while for probably like 20, 25 minutes about this topic. And it was like a great conversation, but unfortunately it didn't get saved. Thanks to Instagram. But, um, yeah, they so, talk about not being a photo sharing app and then their videos don't save. So. Which they never did for me. So, uh -huh. you know, what good was that? But, yep. So, um, yeah, it's, it's like, where do you even start? So he basically said, it's not a photo sharing app. It's not a square photo sharing app. Um, I'm preaching the choir. Like I said, most people probably know by now, but like a video sharing app to compete with TikTok, YouTube. He says they have so much superior, not superior, but like just lots of market share. They want to tap into that some more. And they just said photos are out. People like to go on Instagram to be entertained and communicate and keep in touch with their friends. I I agree with those things, but I don't think that's only it. 
and I think it's also like photos are a reason why you connect with those people. But you know, what's your take on that? Uh, I mean, I totally agree. I think Instagram is a photo sharing app. Um, no matter what the CEO says, like I know reels is a thing, but I mean, who honestly goes on Instagram for reels? They're, they're there in the first place to look at photos and reels are kind of second. Um, you know, reels and IGTV, that's just kind of like, I feel like that, that was just the features they added to try to keep up with other social media. Um, I, I mean, I just feel like it's the wrong move. You know, you can, you can think that internally at your company, but to say it out loud is kind of, kind of crazy. Cause I mean, besides photography community, you think about like the modeling community on Instagram. I mean, they're all photos, right? I mean, pretty much, you know, uh there's fashion there there are photos i mean instagram is photos it, it just is I, I feel like i mean that's literally what the app was made for and i understand the the need for like evolution over time because i mean this i think the app came out about 10 years ago now pretty close to that if not um and it's just like it's always been photography not always but it's it's been photography focused and that was the original intent but like this just being like you said such a dramatic like a hot take if you will of just like we're announcing it's not this anymore it's now this like and i i don't even i've read like headlines that kind of twist the words you said and they say like it's no longer just a photo sharing app and that just that little word just in there changes the whole language but i mean i've gone back many times and like you listen to his his words you know in his video announcement and he said instagram is no longer a photo sharing app or square one at that so like that's to me just spells like I don't want to say the end, but I mean like just the like the lack of support for photographers and like sharing their work on there. Like they don't want they don't want anything to do with it because they're following the money. Which I mean I don't blame them because they're their business first and foremost. But like it just feels like you know turning your back on like what got you your following and your you know your just user base that way. It's just it's just really baffling to me overall. Yeah, so I mean, I'm I'm reading from the some quotes here um, from The Verge, um, and it says that he, Masseri says that it is he sees it as a general entertainment app driven by algorithms and videos. Does that sound like Instagram to you? It does not sound like Instagram to me. Um, uh, kinda. Well, I don't want it to be, but it sounds like it lately. Yeah. <laughs> algorithms. Ugh. Uh, well, the no. problem is, it's like the the thing is, is like, like the algorithm. So, like, if they're gonna prioritize, prioritize, which they already are, if you ask me, like people that make video content on there, uh, like reels and such, it's gonna get higher engagement. It's gonna get higher, you know, your own followers are gonna see it more likely. Like, there's all these different things because, like, when you're on these social media apps. Like the creator of the app is in control of the algorithm. They can change it on the whim. They don't even have to tell you about it, and it's always changing. So like, we're just kind of like, uh, excuse my word, but like slaves to it, you know, like simply to the system. And like, so if they're not going to prioritize like photographers over that, it's like part of me is just always or now is like, why even bother, you know, focusing on that platform if it's not going to support me, you know. Yeah, it's like it, it's hard because we know to grow you have to do like these all these reels like daily and all these like stories and all this stuff, all this like video content and 
I feel like if I did that, I'd be like cheapening my account. Like I'd have to like <laughs> really just water down my content and just kind of become a influencer and not, not a photographer. Cause right. I mean, we're, we're both forced to be on Instagram. Cause that's like the only way to grow in 2021 really. Um, and it's just hard to hear an app change like that. I wouldn't say it's the only way to change. Um, and I wouldn't even say it's like the only way to grow in 2021, but like, I mean, this spells to me like it's not going to be. Um, but I think the bigger problem is like you and me both have like spent, dedicate so many hours probably to like making posts, engaging with people, liking other people's stuff and just like all this work, making the podcast, Instagram, like doing all these different things just to grow our own followings or just meet network with people that like, it's just kind of like silly Part of me doesn't, I don't think I'm going to quit it, but like, cause that just seems silly too, to just quit all that work you put in and connections with different people, especially people that are only on there, um, that I've only met on there, that is. Um, but it's just like, it's just so silly to me to like turn your back on your people that made the app. And like, I just don't know, I don't know where they're at with that besides following the trends and stuff. Cause like you said, Henry, it's like, I don't want to just make reels on there. I like making video now, of course, but like I like making much more drawn out, thoughtful videos, like YouTube stuff, like the stuff I do on my channel. That's, that's kind of like the more style of video I want to do with like B roll and edit it and chop it all together. Mm -hmm. Um, this, this real stuff I've made like four of them, I think total now. And they definitely get you like the user engagement from people all over the platform, the app. And that's cool, I guess. But like the, the, at least in my experience, and this was a little while ago, but um, using that Reels like function was just very clunky. The user interface is like mm -hmm. slow. It hardly even like like uploaded correctly to like how I, I made it. And like just trying to make this video on my little like phone screen was just awful. Like maybe a tablet or like a touchscreen laptop would work better, but like I don't have either of those right now. And so I have to settle for like the six inch phone screen. And it's just not a good UI and user interface experience. And I just am like much more into using a traditional desktop photo, or excuse me, a video editor and just dragging, you know, clipping all the stuff, video clips and everything with a keyboard and mouse. That's, that's more of my thing. So the, I guess the traditional way, but I just don't think this reels thing, I don't know. I just don't think it's worth, I don't know. For me, it's it, like, I, was, I feel like a sellout almost trying to use it because yeah, now it just seems like if the only way to use it is to or the only way to grow on the app is to use it and like if i just start using it i feel like i'm just hopping on a bandwagon yeah i feel that it's like i'd love to be a pro photographer someday but like if i had to do reels to do it like i wouldn't i wouldn't have fun doing my job like if mm -hmm. if i was a professional nature photographer i want to be out there doing workshops and, and using instagram as a place to you know like meet new people and build those connections for out in the field work not like you know focused on like content creation because that's not what i want to do i want to be out there shooting and you know hopefully maybe someday making money along the way not playing the algorithm to eat you know yeah eat to live yeah uh -huh. yeah like you and me both aren't we're not influencers we're photographers that happen to be on instagram um and like, yeah, I mean, like you said, like I use the app to connect with people and hopefully make connections. If most of my connections are locally, of course, but like to meet up and go out in the field or, you know, meet them at my gallery receptions or just different things like that, or just follow up with connections and make out in the, the real world. 
like I don't use the app to like keep people in on the app per se with like these real things and stuff. I the way I view the app, and I understand like I'm not the creator of it, so I don't really dictate that per se. But like I use it as like a portfolio piece and just connect with people. Like that's that's my main use. And then messages, of course. But like I just I don't know. I don't have a use for that. Uh, the reels thing. I just don't care to use it really. Yep, I I agree. It's just it's just frustrating, really. Um, and there's really no alternative social media wise for photographers. Facebook, I feel like, is just kind of not the best for that. I just mm-hmm. it's not as like user friendly for photographers, and it's it's just more personalized. I feel like it's more for like you know your family photos or. Uh, I mean, or, I would say. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. I just like I, I know the Facebook groups are great um, and stuff, but I feel like it's it's just more for community rather than I don't know what I'm trying to say really, but it's just kind of harder for nature photography well, on there. It's more. Are you are you trying to say it's more for like community than commerce? Is that what you're saying? Not commerce, but yeah, kind of that along that line. Business per uh-huh. se. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and that makes sense. And it's funny you said groups because you knew I was going to say anyways. Um, I mean, like Facebook, in my experience, has been nice because of like, once again, the more local connections. It's not really good for like the good big followings of just people around the world, but like, I've met lots of like local camera clubs and groups, and um, all my like non-photographer artsy friends. They're all on there, and then they they only post some. Most of them, a lot of them actually, only post on there for like new um, exhibits and stuff to apply for, new festivals and events. So like for me, Facebook's like essential, but like. I do have a Facebook page for my group, I'm, or excuse me, my photography, but like, I don't really like, use it quite as heavily as Instagram, you know. But like, I definitely use it for like groups and like that functionality, because it's it's pretty important for me and for the business side, I guess, too, because it might work and get it out more in public, of course. Yeah. Um, but like, still, like, I feel like discoverability, like Instagram, just has more potential. I feel like, would you say that, like? more kind of grabbing a wide range of people um i just my my dream is to have a modern flicker come out like something that's (laughs) tailored to photographers you know you get full resolution images uh you can see the camera settings you know just all that cool stuff um just kind of more modernized and um if we could get a majority photography community to switch over that that would be awesome I would say Flickr is pretty modern, though. It still yeah, is. Yeah, I know. Just, I, I just feel like people, people just see it as old-fashioned, or you know. I definitely like, like when I think of Flickr, I think of 2006. Like it definitely yeah. has that, and for some reason, it has that. At least for me, that mid-2000s like, my like vibe, I guess, to it. Like when I just think of the word Flickr, I'm like, oh, it's like before Instagram. <laughs> you know, it's funny to say that, but yeah. I don't know. I mean, they're owned by Smug Mug now, which um, that, I use them to run my website, and they're an excellent. I'm not plug. I'm not plugging them like for affiliate links, but like they are definitely a great service, and I've used them for years now. Um, but I, I think the problem with Flickr is not really the like the UI or anything, like with the service. It's just the community that comes back to it. Yeah, like, well, we just need to all yeah, grow, it's kind of dead. Grow back. But, yeah, we need to revitalize. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so let's all hop on there. Start a petition or something. Save photography. <laughs> uh-huh. I don't know. Um, the only other one I can really think of 
getting some of the, like the big names is Twitter, which I know a lot of people have hopped on there since um, early July, um, which okay. I don't blame them. I tried it, but I, I already gave up. It it just was. I don't know. I, w- I was using hashtags and stuff. I didn't really get any discoverability, and the people who did follow me, I, I didn't seem to get any likes, so I just gave up. <laughs> I don't know. Gee. How just long like did you give it? A week, pretty much. But it's just really. Like, <laughs> yeah, I just I didn't like the UI. It kind of comes down to like the Instagram and the Reels. It's just not meant for photos. Twitter isn't, so it's just kind of hard. Yeah. That's true. Like, I noticed the tweets, whether it's desktop or mobile, um, doesn't matter, I don't think. But, like, it definitely, like, not crops them, but, like, that thumbnail view is very awkward for a lot mm-hmm. of photos. And you have to, like, open it full screen, which maybe that's the point, And that maybe that's better because, you know, Instagram crops everything, of course. So, but, yeah, it's definitely – it's a strange uh, platform, but, like, it does have some semblance of a community if you can grow one or join one, that is. But – um, I found it to be my experience too, because I had one for I think over a year and a half, uh, a couple years back, and um, I've since deleted it just because I just didn't really have much luck on there. I met like one good close, close-ish friend from their photographer friend, but like other than that, um, it just really is not. I would agree, not worth really your time, but um, but maybe playing it long term is the best. I don't know, and just. Just the problem with social media is just like you have to find the way to exploit the algorithm. That's like the way to grow on there. It's like a game. I don't know. Yeah. I just, just feel like the, lo- I, the I longer I'm on these. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Like the longer I'm on these, the more I'm like, it's nice for promotion and meeting people, but like my sales are from festivals. Like it, my sales are from being in front of people and actually talking to them. And like most of that's local. Most of that's not really done from like online advertising it's more like people just meet me at events and remember my name and they'll see me at another one and they're like cool i remember you or like just stuff like that so i remember my, my you know my galleries or consignment shops like that's where i'm making sales and like that kind of stuff but like i don't know i just don't know it's a weird thing right now but it's like the more i'm on the social stuff it's just more like exhausting you know mm-hmm. and just and just i don't know sometimes i question the why because then it's like you get a platform like this that i'm i don't even know how many hours i've invested into and mm-hmm. i've been on it for almost two years i think two years now instagram i'm talking about and like just for them like turn their nose the other way that quickly it's just it's ridiculous like i just don't i don't know like why should part of me is just like why bother i know it sounds so negative and you know i'm i've been ranting but it's just like i don't know it's just one of those weird things to think about yeah, it's like for me at least like I most of my photography business is kind of built through online. Um but that's just because, you know, I'm, you know, I'm going to be moving out next year and I don't know where I'll land and you know, once that happens, I'll kind of try to get more local stuff going. Um so it's kind of scary, you know, like I don't want to lose Instagram cuz that's where it's where I've done everything. Um but it's it's just that that balance really I've always recommended uh, for people to have like not their eggs all in one basket. Um, so like this is a perfect example of why you shouldn't just place them all on Instagram. You should have multiple like platforms or sources of income, something like that, and just different ways to maximize your reach, but not too much where you overextend yourself. But like just mm-hmm. find like a few good platforms you really want to pin like tap into, I guess. Like so like 
I've got YouTube with the video stuff. Instagram is more like my social like connections and portfolio sharing. Um, just podcasts, I guess, is another avenue for that where I can like talk about stuff, you know, photography, of course, and topics like that related to it. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, and like I said, Facebook earlier with just like applying to fairs and festivals, events, galleries, whatever. Like, it's nice to have different avenues in case one just kind of changes, like changes too dramatically and you want to jump ship from it or just refocus your like marketing strategy, I guess, if you're trying to make a business out of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. I, I just feel like every, besides like YouTube, I feel like every kind of social media is trying to go in the same direction. You know, like there's TikTok, there's Instagram, there's um, Twitter. You know, they're all trying to go towards this kind of video focused platform. Um, did, did you, sorry, mm -hmm. did you hear about the YouTube shorts they're doing now? That's basically like TikTok for YouTube. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so so they are kind of doing going. their own thing. Yeah. It's, yeah. I, everyone's I swear, trying to man, get on I mean, it. it's 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 really kind of that. We have our the way social media is set up. It's kind of run by kind of like a couple big monopolies, and they're all vying for each other's competition. Um, it kind of leaves Flickr and all these other ones behind in the dust. So it's hard, really. You you've got to kind of embrace the algorithms to to grow. Um, so. Yeah, it's, they're, it's they're crazy. All, they're all vying for your like attention, but then like you got like Flickr, which I feel like is just a perfect like launch pad for like a genuine community built around like thoughtful discussion. I hope you know stuff like that. Hopefully, oh, yeah. good photos, of course, too. But like, I just don't know. I don't know. It's weird. And then yeah, Instagram is just getting like uh, worse with all the ads and sponsored posts in between stuff and. Um, I actually forgot, we forgot to mention it as well. The Adam guy said, like, uh, stories are out too. He's like, I don't like those or whatever. We're not focusing on those. And I'm like, dude, like, the photos and the stories are what I use the most on the app. So, like, I'm just not in agreement with you at all. <laughs> yeah. So, like, the stories is where I share my, like, behind-the-scenes stuff or just any random tidbits. Or I like to share people's, like, posts and give them shout-outs and people, like, DM me saying thank you and all stuff, which is nice. But, you know, like, that's where I share people's work and talk about, you know, my in-the-field stuff a little bit more. But, like, yeah, it's just the fact that, like, the app's just changing in a different direction, or at least they say they are over time. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Yeah. It, it, it just gets me sad just thinking about it, really. Like, not, like, sad, yeah. sad, but, like, it's just kind of, like, frustrating. A bugger. We, we don't know where the photography community is going to go. Like, we don't know what direction it's going to take, so. Mm -hmm. And again, they say all these things, and it's probably been, what has it been, like, a two months now since that announcement? And, like, uh -huh. I don't I haven't really noticed anything, like, changed. Like, the stories and the photos are still there, and people are doing them. You know, they're posting them. So, like, I don't know what's really going to change if it's just, like, only the behind-the-scenes stuff, like the algorithm's going to change. Maybe that's what they're talking about. But they're still going to keep the features there. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Uh, we should we should probably move on now. Just because I don't, I don't know yeah. what else we can really say, really. Yeah, true. Um, yeah, sounds good. So, go ahead. Take it away. NFTs. They're... Uh... <laughs> Not so good. Uh, 
I'm not the most knowledgeable about it, so I'll let you kind of lead this conversation here. But uh, oh, I, I'm not so much. I'm. Can you just I'm not uh, so much... before we sorry? I was just gonna say before we start. Can you explain to those who don't know what an NFT is? Okay, I'm I'm no expert. There's people I can probably explain it a lot better than I could, but um, NFT basically is a non fungible token, and uh, so that's that's actual term of it. But it's basically like a cryptocurrency um, used to buy virtual goods. Um, and so, in photography's uh, perspective, um, there's a lot of quite quite a number of big name photographers, fine art photographers, I'll say. Um, they're using this. Uh, they're using various different services and platforms. Um, I think the biggest one right now is Foundation, and uh, they're using it to. Uh, I think was it? They use this cryptocurrency. What's it called? Uranium or something? Or, uh, what's it called? I really don't know, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, they're using it, they're using it to uh, sell photos, I guess, like virtually. And like I don't know how it works, but I guess they're like selling the license to the photo or something and like people are getting to own it but it's all like done virtually which is very very weird but people are like bidding on them in auctions and stuff and it's it's a really really new service but i mean like from a business standpoint it sounds great it sounds great that people are really taking the time to like bid and purchase other people's work in this certain this new like uh, i guess kind of like avenue i guess for uh, just promoting yourself too like, you know, I'm used to like a traditional brick and mortar store or like a gallery and stuff. You have your, you know, your work hanging on the wall or something or on display. But like, this is so different. And with like the pandemic and stuff, anyone can just log on and just start purchasing some, someone else's work. So but it's, my, it's my, my question with that is, um, how is that any different from buying a stock photo? That's what I don't understand. That's what, that's where I'm hung up on, um, for what the, somewhat research I've done is like it's basically you're buying well I guess it's more personable too like you're the money goes directly to instead of like a, like a like a stock photo website like with commissions and stuff if I'm aware if I'm correct um, all the or at least the majority of the uh, uh, like proceeds or whatever goes to the photographer itself like you're, it's basically like a direct sale I, I believe so like if I buy a photo from uh, Joe Smith, you know, and he, you know, this gorgeous photo of the Redwoods National Park, you know, and like, I believe the money goes directly to him. So I think that's how it works. Yeah. I think it's also kind of in line with kind of the Bitcoin kind of thing. It's kind of the decentralized purchasing kind of separate from governments and it's not regulated or anything. And I believe the uploader, like the creator, um, dictates their own prices. Like they make their own whatever they may be, or like if it's like a bidding thing, which I think most of them are anyways, um, they like put like a starting bid and people have like a certain amount of time to like, I guess bid on it, like an auction, I believe. Um, it's such a, it's just such an interesting thing. And like when I first heard about it, I was like, what is this? You know, never, it's such a new thing to me or most people I believe. And it's, it's different, but like, I, I don't know for, there's a good moment or two where I was like, because I'm thinking from like a business standpoint, I was like, this sounds great. You know, it's a good new avenue. It sounds like something like on trend that people are going to stick with for a while. But then I started reading the drawbacks and um, it's kind of like surprising, I guess. Kind of interesting. So yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know much about this aspect of that, about it, but um, is there some kind of negative environmental impact to it? 
Yeah, apparently they leave. It's it's weird because it's like all in virtual terms, but apparently they leave like a big carbon footprint, and like uh, most of these fine art photographers, like they're outdoor ones, and like I believe most of them, I would like to think, care about the environment and you know somewhat about conservation and just you know being thoughtful about that. But then you like you look at all the drawbacks and stuff, and it's like just like baffling, I guess, like the energy consumption it takes to put these out there and stuff. Um, because it's just such a weird thing to think about. Because I just felt like, I, you know, on paper, I'm like, why would that matter? Like, how does that produce energy like that? But like, it all does. Yeah, but I don't understand how that's different than like posting on Instagram. Yeah, I mean, dude, it, it's a weird thing to think about um, or like look at. But apparently, um, I know Mr. Ben Horn was saying a lot. He's been very yeah. vocal about it. But yeah, kind of prodding fun at it, which is interesting. Um, but, uh, apparently, yeah, it's just like, it a good thing about it a while back about how it's like, it like gives all this energy off and stuff. And it's, it's a weird, it's a weird topic. And like I said, I'm very new to it. So like, I don't know, I just say, do your own research and like come up with your own informed decision about it. You know, if you want to be engaged with this kind of new thing, this new technology, and uh, see if it's for you for your own work, but like at the same time, just see if it's even like viable for anyone really too. Okay, so I I just did some research. Um, it looks like uh, so when you buy an NFT, it, uh, most of the sites have like an it's called a blockchain, so it's like a a host of computer servers. And those servers put out a lot of CO2 into the air. So it's different than just like posting a photo because well, actually, how is that different? Cause, wait, well, it looks like these, these blockchain servers, you know, they're processing a lot more data since it's kind of higher resolution files and more personalized. Um, it seems like it, it has a higher footprint than just kind of nor using social media usually. Hmm. that's weird yeah it's, it's weird to think in, in this relative terms because it's like we don't really like consider like wi-fi and all this like invisible stuff happening but like i guess it does in the same way too in a way yeah it's just oh. you don't think about the environmental impacts at all really yeah that's so crazy man i just don't know i mean yeah there's probably articles about there guessing about that like the like the statistics against it, saying like how much energy it consumes and stuff, but like it's just it's a weird thing, man. I don't know. Like it's I was I was almost I was really close to like just writing the trend and going on to like like foundation and training it out, but like now I'm just like I don't know. I don't think it's a viable option really from a sustainability standpoint. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's, would you, it's almost would you like... ever consider it? No, I I don't think I really would. Like it's I like I'm I have a print store. I like selling prints, but there's something about MFT NFTs that scares me cuz you're you're selling your digital assets and ultimately all digital photos are are combinations of ones and zeros. I mean, that's that's what they are. Um So it's just kind of like I'm I'm young, but it's kind of like beyond me. Like I feel like it's just kind of too technical for me. Hmm. 
I'm not into the Bitcoin space. I'm not into that. Because um, as far as I know, you can't buy an NFT with regular money. Like it has to be with Ethereum or whatever. Um, so it's kind of just very new age. Um, I just don't understand it. <laughs> Ethereum, that's what it's called. I think I said uranium. <laughs> don't listen to me. Um, yeah, no, I agree. And I think it is that the case where you can only buy it through like digital cryptocurrency and stuff too. That's like the whole point of these services. Um, yeah, I just don't know like many, especially if you want to think, you know, kind of sounds dramatic, but like if you want to think big picture, it's like, like my legacy, I guess, with my work is like, I don't want it to be thought of as like, I was just auctioning it off, you know, like, you know, like I was dying tomorrow or something. It's just kind of like not the way I want to go with it. I just don't know. Maybe, maybe it is something of like the future. Like maybe it does have a place some way and somehow, but like whether we agree with it or not, I don't know. I'm not saying accepting it, but like, I don't know. It's it's so new. So like right now we're just kind of like speculating about it, but like, you know, give it some time and see where it goes. Maybe the, maybe the drawbacks will be much more risen in awareness and people will, you know, be more educated about it and make a more informed decision about it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if it if it really is that much of a carbon impact, I'll I'll definitely stay far far away from it. Um, because you know, sure you'll be able to sell NFTs, but if you kill the environment, what are you going to take pictures of? So it's uh, yeah, for sure. It's yeah, it sounds dramatic and stuff, but like I do agree, and like I'm I'm curious. I don't want to like name drop like people. Um, photographers, but like I I wonder. I'm curious if like any of them have like withdrew like their usage of nfts at all like after learning about the drawbacks and stuff so i've seen quite a few of them uh, um on there on that service like foundation and stuff big so. names too yeah 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 so i'd be curious about like if they change their minds or if they're just staying the course and trying it out or using it some more because they've found some success in there too so which is great of course but like with the cost i don't know that's just the thing to think about mm-hmm yeah, I, I, I just don't know. We, um, It's just very, very, very new. Um, non-fungible. <laughs> I don't even know. Yeah, what I know. Is, so. it's, it's an NFT. It's non-fungible. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. That's pretty much all there is to say about that for now. Okay. Um, so yeah. How about the last topic we have here? Uh, yes. Um. Is that which? Yes. We, <laughs> um, so we were going to touch upon briefly. Um, there's been some mysterious Midwest avian flu diseases or disease spreading. Um, it was over like May and June, I believe. It was like the main concert time of it. Um, so many people probably saw this, but it's basically a lot of like common passerines. Um, that is like our common songbirds had lots of uh, illness um namely they have like symptoms such as crusty eyes that'd be almost like shut they'd be basically blind flying around uh very lowly and just randomly um he had some really like sporadic uh like behaviors and stuff and everything um and so it's just like lots of weird stuff was happening and like thousands of these birds i believe i believe hundreds of thousands were like just dying from this disease and stuff so like i don't know it's it was really really strange and um 
kind of recently um cornell lab came out with a statement saying like we have no conclusive evidence of like why this happened but we did see how this this basically paralleled the brood 10 cicada emergence like almost exactly like the population is declining you know with all these deaths and stuff in the birds uh, population and then once the cicadas or at least the brood 10 left you know they died and everything the bird population started like almost um, sort of plateauing, but also rising slowly, I think steadily. And so they believe it's just about the cicadas. And um, what I mean by that is like, once again, I'm not some certified ornithologist, but like, this is what I believe happened. So, and what I've read too, um, from more than one source is that like, there's pesticides that people use and applied to the lawns and stuff like that. And so those cicadas were in the ground for what, 17 years. And I guess it got like embedded into them. And then, you know, all these cicadas emerge, you know, all at once, you know, end of May, um, there's 17 year emergence. And so all these birds were like, cool, we got this big food source and everything. So they started eating them all up and everything. And so, and then they all got sick and just died that way. So I, I believe it's the cicadas is the reason why, but um, there hasn't, I don't believe there's been a name to pinpoint this. Like it's a whole new disease. And um, like I said, if Cornell Labs says they don't know what it is, then I believe it. You know, I trust them with that kind of information. And so it's just very, very weird. And um, I remember in like, I think it was early June, I saw, I was at a local um, lake near me, a metro park, and I saw this, I think it was a chipping sparrow um, in like a small little like, like a shrubbery greenery on the side of the trail. And I don't, I don't want to say it was sick, like with this disease, but it did act kind of strange. Like I was like poking my head in, you know, right up against the, uh, the bush, because it was already like right next to me before I noticed. And it was like flying in like the brush and stuff, and it was like uh-huh. chirping and stuff. I, I wasn't sure if it was like stressed because of me, like walking by, or if it was just, but it was just acting very, very random and like flying around in it. Did it have and, crusty like, eyes? I couldn't tell. It was, it was, it was like near the weaning hours of the day, so like evening, and um, it was like in the shade of the woodland next to the lake, and like, so I couldn't really tell for sure. But like the behavior, I had just read, I think that like same week about the this disease and i was like thinking like that's kind of weird because it is a songbird sure like a sparrow um so that was probably like the only time i witnessed something kind of like that but I, other than that i i did what everyone else was supposed to do or responsibly like take down your bird feeders or at least empty them out which i did for a couple weeks and and then i've since then you know filled them back up and everything seems fine but i didn't notice any dead birds in my backyard either so it's just kind of weird i don't know I didn't get really any cicadas of that kind in my backyard, so I don't know what else it'd be to. Uh, so it's it's a weird thing. It's a weird it's a weird situation. So, yeah. Yeah. Um. It's it, like with the cicada thing too. They don't even know if that's true. Like, honestly, that's that's their greatest um assumption right now, but it's hard to prove. Um, and it's not necessarily the disease itself that's killing the birds. It's the the disease causes blindness and then it, it can lead um, to death. Um, but also it can get uh, eye discharge through that, which uh, is, is pretty bad. Um, and it's really our area, uh, our states, uh, Kentucky, Big Ohio, glass. Indiana, uh, were really, really hard hit. Uh, kind of that warmer climate um, might have a role with that too because – um, as far as I know, this didn't happen 17 years ago um, with the previous uh, brood of cicadas. So it's just it's it's kind of it's kind of weird. Um, 
and they they ruled out the bird flu, uh, Nile virus, um, sal- Salmonella, uh, chlamydia, which birds can all get, um, but it's it's not any of those, um, according to this article here. Um, but yeah, it's just very mysterious. Yeah, I mean, like they, like Cornell said, like rest assured, like it seems to be fine now. So like, put up your bird feeders, fill them up with seed. I think we're good now. Um, populations seem to be like fine, but yeah, I just find it's really weird. Like the weird, like you said, the concentrated part of it in like the Midwest of the United States. And then also like particularly songbirds. Like I didn't ever heard about, I never heard like shorebirds or um, anything else really, you know, like really being affected by it. Those like are migrating, lots of migrating birds, but like it was all like songbirds, like probably like our mm-hmm. backyard residents. Yeah. We're so here year round. So I don't says- know. It's weird. It says here the the most common ones were blue jays, grackles, starlings, robins, and house sparrows, which is very interesting. Hmm. The more common species, which yeah, this, at least around here. Um, I've I've noticed less uh, blue jays I think this year and grackles even. Hmm. I I guess no. Second thought, yeah, I haven't I haven't seen at my local patches. You know, I've been to like I haven't seen many grackles. Um, I've been. This past summer is kind of off topic, but I haven't seen like hardly any cowbirds in my experience. Like my backyard usually has tons of them, and I didn't see really any this summer. Kind of weird. So maybe it's just like an off year form or off migration. Yeah. Brown-headed so, cowbirds, I'm saying, but yeah, oh, I don't know. They're usually really oh, common. I, I thought you meant the. Uh, I don't know. I, I was thinking catbirds for a second. No, no, no. Yeah, no. They're well, they're well placed here during the warmer times of year. Yeah. I meant like, yeah, sorry, uh, brown-headed cowbirds, which are pretty common where I'm at, but like during the summer, spring, summer. But like, yeah, I haven't really seen hardly any, except for like spring. It's really weird. I don't know. It's one of those weird things. So but anyways, um, is there anything else you had to say about that one? Uh, I, I don't think so. Um, oh, uh, actually, this article says that it is good. To, you can put your bird feeders back up. Um, it is safe. Just make sure you you clean them uh, every once in a while, every couple weeks or so. Yeah, with that, was it one parts bleach and water mm-hmm. or a combination? Yeah. So, yeah, Just be sensible. That's yep. all I can say. Cool. Awesome. Well, that's a lot of heavy ranting there, but I hopefully it was enjoyable to listen to. Yeah. <laughs> For some of us, right? Um, mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, thank you guys for watching. Yep, thank you. Thank you so much for watching the Owl Outdoors Photography Podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and the video version on YouTube as well. You can subscribe down below, and we look forward to seeing you in the next one. Thank you.